Hi there, and welcome to Books Are the New Rich. I am your host, April Sharice, and today I am joined by the wonderful Kimberly Smith. I love everything about Kimberly. When I first met her and got a chance to know um, about the book that she had written, I fell in love with the concept of her being a, a mystery or um, suspense writer. So I really love the, that idea. However, in getting a chance to know her more and a little bit about her background, I um, had the opportunity to appreciate her craft even more. So just to give you a little background, Kimberly is um, an experienced lifestyle blogger, a brand influencer, copywriter, and published author. She has even got into podcasting as well. Coming from Louisiana, she started out in theater, um, who has grown um, into an amazing writer and beyond. So I will allow Kimberly to go into detail and introduce herself a little bit more. Um, before we jump right into the conversation. So Kimberly, would you share with the audience a little bit about your background and how you got started into writing? Yes, I will. And thanks so much for having me as a guest on your podcast, April. I really appreciate it. Um, as you said, yes, I am a native Louisianian and um, acting was my first love, but I found myself... Um, tapping into my minor in mass communications from LSU. And um, I picked up writing and I'm so glad that I did. It was something that I thought I'd never do. And it has brought me into a whole new world. And I'm really enjoying the journey that I've been on. That is great. I wanna ask you before we get started into um, getting to know a little bit more about your journey as an author, in light of everything that's been happening with the COVID pandemic and everything, can you share with everyone, where are you finding happiness these days? Wow, um, it would have to be with my 14 year old son who just started high school. Mm. And um, my husband and I have been living vicariously through him. Uh, I think we are probably just as excited, if not more than he is about him starting high school. <laughs> um, everything from meeting the guidance counselor to uh touring the high school, which has just had a major renovation, Oh wow! Um, as well as just seeing it all through my son's eyes. Um, he decided that he wanted to enroll in honors English, mm. um, subject which is very near and dear to my heart, but I never had the courage to take an honors um, English class. So I'm really excited about that for him, as well as enrolling in a debate class. Oh, wow which requires tournaments and, you know, all those competitions and things that go along with it. So this past weekend, we watched uh, The Great Debaters with Denzel Washington just to give him a little taste yeah. of what it's all about. So um, just, you know, experiencing all of that with him, I'm so excited for him to have um, these experiences and we actively interrogate him every day when he comes <laughs> That makes for really great practice. And again, I think you guys couldn't have picked a better choice. It's one of my favorite. I love that movie. Um, yeah. How did he feel about it after watching it? Well, uh, of course, um, I had honestly forgotten that it was set in the 1930s mm -hmm. and all of the other elements that went along with the movie outside mm -hmm. of, you know, the debate. But 
I think he got a real good view of what it's going to be like to debate, you know, one side of a topic and that there's a process to it. It's not just, I agree with this or that. Mm -hmm. You have to go through the motions of why and prove your point, whether you agree with it or not, that's, you know, part of the process. So I think you got a real grasp of what he's going to be doing. Great. That's great. That's great. Well, let's jump right into it. Um, I have to say, I love your um, social media handle. For those who don't know, she goes by uh, being a wordsmith on social networks. And I think that's so fitting just because of your background and because of the fact that you've gotten gotten into writing. Um, How did you come up with that name? Well, I had played around with a couple of things and uh, basically I have, like I was saying before with English, it's, um, it was my favorite subject in school and I've always had a love of the English language and, uh, Smith is my last name. So I just thought about being a wordsmith and it just, you know, kind of fit for me. And I played around with, you know, I'm a wordsmith, a wordsmith, and I found that others, out there are using the same handle or something similar. And being a wordsmith just kind of fit because I also wanted to tell about what it's like to be that type of person. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think it's spot on. Um, It's memorable and fitting. So I I just love it. (laughs) I even love it that that's the URL to the website. So that's perfect. Now the book is called Acting on Her Behalf. You want to share with everyone a little bit um, about what it's about? Yes. um, Acting on Her Behalf is about a young woman who is a TV and film actress. Mm -hmm. And she is up for an award, uh, a prestigious award. And when she goes to accept her award, which is being filmed on live television, she is arrested by the police for the murder of her best friend. Wow. Yes. So the book kind of takes you through what she's dealing with as far as being accused of the murder. You find out about her family And they are all from Louisiana, wink, wink. (laughs) And um, she, the um, actress, uh, her name is Colby Crenshaw. And she basically has to figure out how she can defend herself uh, against all of the allegations, as well as dealing with what it's doing to her career. Because as I said, all this happened on live television. So... Um, It's very challenging for her and she finds herself um, basically trying to figure out what to do, reflecting on her life and things around her as she's facing these terrible charges. Wow. And I know it seems like it touches home to a lot of, you know, something that um, happens in everyday life. So did you draw inspiration from elements in, from your environment or was it just um, pulling pieces of, um, you know, stories that you, that really resonated with you throughout your lifetime um, in writing a story? Well, one of the things that 
I always heard and um, read about when I was going on my journey to begin writing was to write about something that you know. Yeah. And being an aspiring actress uh, was something that I knew a little bit about because of my theater degree in college and some acting that I had done early on because that was my first passion. And so I kind of pulled from that as well as her being from Louisiana. Um, many of the characters actually are based on members of my family um, and the members of my family that read the book let me know that they could see themselves <laughs> in the characters. Um, and, and even in some cases, um, it was pointed out to me about things I didn't even realize that I was pulling from my own upbringing. I was just, you know, speaking and writing from what I felt and from my heart. And um, certain things were pointed out to me. And um, I did a lot, a lot of research because I wanted the book to be as authentic as possible. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be able to talk about, you know, the basic processes of being arrested and what happens um, for that to take place. And, you know, it's, Internet research is great, mm -hmm. but I also called upon some friends of mine who are criminal lawyers and um, are, are just in the legal field um, in general. And they pointed out several things to me about the process, you know, about fingerprints and arrest. And, you know, you can't just say this or that because it doesn't happen that way. Right. And so it was very important to me to make sure I was, you know, telling the story in a believable, plausible way, because I believe readers will call you out if you don't do that. Right, right. Exactly. So um, that was really, really important to me to do that. And I also took a lot of um, information from um, Jeffrey Tobin's book about the O.J. Simpson trial. Oh, okay. Because it was very, very detailed um, in terms of the process and all the things that went on. And with my character being a celebrity, you know, I kind of felt like, okay, this book is going to tap into, you know, some of that as well. So I just wanted to be as authentic as possible, even though it's a work of fiction. Okay. And you point, you touched on some really great points that I hope a lot of uh, aspiring writers have taken note of, and that is the research that goes into preparing to write the book. Because I think sometimes, um, just from my experience, that once you get a manuscript in, that of course um, it's not well written, um, and there's still some, you know, development, story development, and character development that you sometimes have to go through with some aspiring um, authors because they haven't really, like you said, done the research and really gotten an opportunity to thoroughly. Um, bring a reader on the journey of, of what that experience is. So I think that is one of the first gems that Miss Kimberly has dropped today, guys, is that make sure that you really uh, do research when you're 
getting into writing your story. And before you even consider, you know, handing it off, just make sure that even if you've written it, go back over it. If you know you haven't done the research and just kind of delve a little bit deeper into the type of story you're writing, even if it's a children's story, just make sure that you have those um, finite details in place when you're writing your story. So that was a really great gem. (laughs) So since since you t- um, explained to us a little bit about how you got started, can you um, share with us a little bit about how you went into getting your first break with your book? Like once you've written it and it's out there um, and you started to garner sales, can you walk us through that process as to going from, I hope someone buys this book to finally, you know, people are buying and I feel like I am, it, that it was all worth it. Okay, I self-published the book uh, via Amazon's uh, platform, uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, KDP. Okay. And I was really grateful that I came across it because I was a little hesitant with sending my manuscript to the big publishing houses and facing rejection. Um, I had gotten a little bit of that uh, with some publishing houses that I had sent my manuscript to. And it's a very tedious process in terms of sending your product out and waiting for, you know, some sort of feedback. And at the time that I started doing all of this, it was very early on before the internet was, you know, even a thing to do uh, publishing with. And so you were basically sending in typewritten manuscripts and waiting, you know, in, um, I guess what people now call the snail mail um, (laughs) for, you know, a response. So when, when self-publishing came along, I thought, okay, that's the way that I'm going to approach this. And so when I learned about Amazon's uh, platform, I read everything that I possibly could about it. And I was very surprised at how easy it was to follow their guidelines and their formatting and step-by-step. And that really motivated me to finish the book and self-publish it with them because I know that it is a reputable uh, platform And I would have, you know, my book on display for everyone. And uh, the only piece that I don't think I was successful with was the marketing. Okay. And I learned valuable lessons about making a plan to market your book, which I did not do um, with that particular book, but I still loved the Amazon and still do love the Amazon self-publishing platform with, with Kindle direct because I was able to self-publish the book in Kindle format. And then I turned it into the paperback form, which is an on-demand printing. And I could request a copy uh, of, of a proof so I could read it, see it, 
you know, know what it was before I released it to the public. So I've been very pleased with that and I hope to do more work with them. That's pretty good. And again, I like that you kind of went into detail so that if someone had never been introduced to the Kindle Direct publishing platform, um, you kind of give them a little bit of insight of um, how user-friendly it is and the ease of getting your work out there. Um, Can you just explain, um, as best you can, some of the costs that may be associated for an author who's considering to self-publish as well? Sure. Um, One of the things that attracted it to me was it's basically no cost to you. Excuse me. Um, The only cost um, that, let's see. Well, first of all, if you like a proof of a printed book, I believe at the time that I did it, it was only a couple of dollars and I believe it's still the same, Uh, maybe around two or three dollars to request a proof that they send to you that you can look at. Additionally, you are able to order author copies for only about three dollars or so a copy, and those will be mailed directly to you at that discount rate because you're the author. And That cost, um, along with the proof, is the only one in addition to the royalties that Amazon receives. And those are taken right off the top. So you really kind of don't even miss it. And the royalties are based on whatever you put the cost of the book at. So you could get up to 70% of the price of your book that you keep. Okay. Uh, It it just depends on the price point that you're doing. And they also have options for you to enroll in another program that they have. Um, And I am trying to remember the name of it. It It's escaping me at the moment. I believe it's KDP Global Select. And what that means is you can have your work distributed to other countries. Okay, cool. Through, through the platform. However, it's a, it has some exclusivity to it. And you just have to read whatever the fine print is. I believe for a certain amount of time, it can only be sold through Amazon and not any other vendors if you choose to enroll in that program but it is optional but it gives you the opportunity to make more royalties worldwide okay and for those who may be unaware um have you seen any success with um publishing or making your work available in the international market or have you found that to be a little challenging um because of the pandemic, you can't really, you know, travel or do you do the type of marketing in-person marketing that you would like? Well, I wish I would have done a better job at planning a marketing strategy um, because that was not my strong point. And had I had that plan in place, beforehand, 
I, I think I would have done a lot better than just word of mouth and through social media and through my blog, things of that nature. If I would have had a real strategy or someone dedicated to actually help me with it. Okay. Um, in terms of, you know, pre-orders and letting people know about the book coming out before it actually did and doing a, you know, a launch of some sort mm-hmm. that would have really, I believe helped me with sales. Instead, I was, you know, taking it all on my own. And although I was doing it through Amazon, there is a cost for marketing with them with certain plans that they have. Oh yeah. Unless your book winds up being, you know, one of those powerhouses that, you know, they're asking you, can you help them out almost, you know? Um, But that is something that I would love to do better the next go around. And I know that there are people who are able to do that. You know, that's your, your, your strength, or you have someone dedicated to do that for you. Absolutely. Toot your own horn. Um, Let everybody know. Don't, don't, you know, expect that just because you wrote something or published something that everybody's going to know about it because you've, you've got to let people know that you have that content or that product or that service. Awesome. Awesome. And so would you say that, um, just to clarify, most of your um, sales and growth has been from word of mouth or was it, um, did you use your lifestyle blog to, to also help? Because I know some authors have dibbled and dabbled in blogging. It might, it might not have been lifestyle blogging, but just to help someone who may be considering blogging, do you think your lifestyle blog may have helped uh, contribute to some sales and growth as well? Yes, I believe that it did. Uh, I started the blog in 2013, really as a motivator to finish the book, because I had been struggling with finishing the writing of the book. I started blogging to help me with that daily writing, which was great. But then the blog took on a life of its own and I was doing more blogging than I was uh, writing the book. And I did talk quite a bit about working on the manuscript and doing that. And I do believe um, that the social media following that I built up was very instrumental in people finding out out about the book that weren't, you know, in my circle, that weren't family and friends, you know. And so... I would definitely encourage anyone who is a content creator to definitely have a blog or a website to be able to speak about what it is that you're doing. And I've found that it's great for your family and friends to buy what you're selling, but you're not going to get rich off of just that. <laughs> you know, you have to have those that audience that wants to consume what you're putting out. Yeah, yeah, great. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
So with all of the ups and downs that come along with the journey of writing the book, as well as the journey of trying to market the book, um, can you share ways that you've used to stay focused and to stay on track instead of just giving up on the book because, you know, maybe you haven't reached the goal, the satisfaction that you wanted to reach? Well, I am a procrastinator by nature. I will admit <laughs> that. Um, what I will say is what's been helpful for me is having a home office space. Oh, okay. And I would encourage anyone who works from home and especially a creative person to have a home office space that is just yours. Even if it's, a closet in your guest bedroom, which I did once upon a time, mm -hmm. because it's an area where you can go first thing in the morning, get your day started, or middle of the night when you've had an idea strike you and you want to, you know, head to the computer or write it down on a tap, whatever your way is. Mm -hmm. But that has really helped me focus that what I'm doing is not just a hobby. Yeah. It's, it's something I'm serious about. It's something I want to be focused on. It's something I want to generate income from. And so I would definitely encourage um, anyone that, like I said, is a, you know, a creative type or writer um, or photographer or whatever it is that you're doing, have that space as yours and put things in front of you, because I'm a visual person, put things in front of you that motivate you and inspire you. I keep several copies of my book on my desk right in front of me to basically remind me, hey, you did this before, you can do it again. Yeah. And um, even things such as, you know, um, the little signs that you can get from the dollar store that they believe or dream, you know, all those things, I think, feed into your consciousness about how to succeed and how to motivate and be, how to be motivated and be productive. Right, right. And those are some, that's another great gem, everybody. If you, if you missed that one, I'll share it again. What Kimberly was saying is that sometimes you have to, you know, self-motivate. And if that looks like, putting inspirational quotes in your home office or setting reminders of inspirational uh, or motivational quotes to keep you on track and do it. You know, sometimes it's not an easy journey. Um, and, a, and most times than never, you're going to want to give up <laughs> because it, it can yes. be a lonely journey as well, but you're going to need those reminders. You're going to need like she said, a home office um, where you can just go in there and maybe it's going to be sending out email marketing from home, or maybe it's just going to be just to block out the noise from their family in the household, listening to motivational um, songs just to get yourself in the right headspace. But that is a very valuable point that you made is, you know, pick up those things that's going to inspire you and keep you motivated. And, you know, like you say, dollar store, it, that's a really economical purchase. So <laughs> yeah. I've had to do the same thing in my own home by going there and picking up some things from places like that, or even Ross yeah. sometimes. So yeah, really, really great gym. 
I guess the next thing I want to touch on, because I do want to um, have you share a little bit about, um, you know, your theater um, experience, how you got into that a little bit more, because I know that there are some authors who either um, want to take their book um, into either a film or make it a play, but they might have already been, um, have that introduced and maybe at the point of, okay, where do I, or how can I find talent? Um, but before we get there, I do want to ask you your uh, take and opinion on if someone has already introduced their book to the world and they feel like it might be just a little stale um, and they want to revive some life into it. What are some ideas that you can recommend for them to do? Like would you suggest doing an alternate book cover or, you know, what what do you believe that, that you can share with them? I did an alternate book cover a couple years ago to spark interest in my book again. Okay. And I was fortunate enough to have someone that designed the book cover give me two great book covers. And I went with the first one that was bright and lively, it was red and white and black. And when I did like a reboot of the book, I did the other cover, which I thought was more, the colors weren't as bright, but the concept of the design was very much in line with what the book was about. Okay. And so that sparked some interest. Um, I would also encourage people if they can to do an audio version of the book. Oh, that's right. And um, Amazon has that piece on their platform as well. I've looked over it. I have not really delved into it, but it's something that I've thought about doing. And also with my book, I think it's the type of book that is kind of timeless in terms of the things that are said and talked about you wouldn't be able to necessarily place it in a particular time. Okay. So if you do have a book, let's say, and you're talking about, you know, certain things that might make it seem dated, you can do an update um, in terms of, you know, if they're talking on the phone, you know, maybe they're texting now and they're emailing and they're, you know, Snapchatting, all of those types of things that you might want to put in the book to make it an updated version, you know. And also with the book, the the when I did the second cover, I put reviews that I received on Amazon on the back cover. Oh yeah, really good idea. That I didn't have on the original one. Um, just to give it, you know, credibility, uh, basically. And I was glad to have, you know, those great reviews that I could put on the back of the cover. And I also did a different um, picture of myself and an updated bio that I didn't have from the first one. That's a really good, really good idea, because I think that sometimes authors can forget how important sharing reviews of their work is. Um, Cause I've run across a lot of books who 
they may have one or two reviews on Amazon, but they didn't re- recycle them and, and share that on their social media or like you did when they upgraded the cover. They didn't put them back there. Those, mm-hmm. those reviews are, are gold, really. And yes. sometimes there are authors who end up having to pay companies to, to review the book for them just to have some. So if you have reviews, if it's on Amazon, even if it's word of mouth, see if ask that person if you can use that as a quote, because those reviews are golden in helping other uh, readers determine if they're going to buy or not. So that's another gem. That is gem three, guys. So that's really, really (laughs) great. So uh, again, I do want to touch into theater because I, like I said, I run across a lot of people who have an interest in getting their book to, you know, either be a play or get into the film um, platform. However, they don't know what that is like, or if they're already there, they don't know the first direction to turn in, in terms of casting or things like that. So please share with the listeners a little bit about um, your um, experience and knowledge in theater. Well, growing up, I always wanted to be an actress. I was always enamored with celebrities and entertainment and soap operas and all of it. And I enjoyed doing theater growing up, whether it was a play at church or I was doing community theater. It was just something I was always um, happy to do. First one that wants to speak on whatever program you have. And that went on into high school. And also uh, when I went to LSU, I majored in theater and I was able to do some work with some really great people in the community. Um, I did a, a couple commercials for uh, some of the local companies mm-hmm. as well as um, I did a film with um, a group from England, I believe it was England the UK. It was definitely in Europe. <laughs> and um, they came over and they filmed the haunted history for the Myrtles plantation in St. Francisville, the haunted um, plantation. And I was the lead in the movie. Oh, wow. Um, played the slave uh, Chloe that is said to haunt the house and we were able to actually film at the Myrtles and at some of the plantations that they filmed in the uh, the big miniseries North and South back in the 80s okay so that was really awesome and I found out um, a couple years ago honestly that the the guy that directed the movie uh, James Hawes is a director for the mini series uh, Black Mirror, which I think is on Netflix. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and, and I didn't even realize it was the same guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a wonderful experience. But after several years, after I had graduated from LSU, I'd you know been moving around a couple of times. I realized that acting was not my path that writing was, oh yeah, but it still always has stuck with me. And I have thought about turning my book into a screenplay. And although I did not, I had to basically teach myself 
the writing process. I enrolled in a couple of online classes, correspondence courses, but really I had to soak up all of that knowledge to figure out what the process really was. And I know with writing a screenplay, that's not easy either, but it's still something that can be learned. And what I've been told is the difference between writing a book Mm -hmm. and writing a screenplay is you're talking about the action with writing uh, the book, but with the screenplay, you have to show it. So it's two totally different formats. However, is I am still, I do still have an interest in doing it. Mm -hmm. And I've read about so many people that they did not feel comfortable writing the screenplay. So they had someone do it. And that's basically where you get those Oscars for the, you know, the adaption of a screenplay. Yeah. Um, that's, that's it right there. Cause someone took a book um, or written format and, you know, made a movie movie out of it. So I would definitely encourage people to do that if that's something they want to do or have someone that they trust to do it or, you know, write up a pitch, you know, to sell it to a studio of some sort. Okay. Those things, of course, involve agents and things of that nature. So I started to get a little hesitant about that, but I don't want to discourage anyone else from doing it. And along the way, I've also learned, you know, about having that representation from an agent because I've read Tyler Perry, Oprah Winfrey, they don't take unsolicited work because they've been sued too many times Mm. for people saying they copied their work. So you can't just drop it in the mail to them. You, you have to have an, an agent represent you to pitch an idea or something like that of that sort. And I also said that although I had stepped back from acting, if I ever turned my book into a movie, I had to be the one to play the lead role. (laughs) No one else would be able to do it. So, (laughs) Is this something you feel that maybe you can help others kind of navigate a little bit just in case, because we know it's all about who you know, you know, and sometimes maybe someone connecting with you could get them a little further along on their journey. Um, if it's something that you're open to doing, I just wanted to ask in case there are some listeners just looking for an entry point. Absolutely. Okay. I have no problem sharing what I know. I believe there is enough in this world for everyone. And when I first started blogging, even I was so green. I had no clue what I was doing. And I read everything that I could about blogging. I networked with other bloggers. And what I found is bloggers love to blog about how to blog. <laughs> and I was, so, I was so excited that people wanted to share what they knew. And it wasn't just what they were telling me with our personal conversations. It's what they're writing on their websites, mm-hmm. you know, um, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. The information is out there. 
And so I'm happy to share with anybody what my experience has been, what my journey has been, because I think that that's how people grow. Yeah. You know, you learn from someone else, you pay it forward, you pass it on to someone else. Because again, there's enough out there for everybody, I believe. Yeah, exactly. And again, for those who want to be able to connect with Kimberly, her social media handle, well, her website is going, it's called beingawordsmith.com. So that would be the first place to find her at and send her an email with any interest that you have. Um, Kimberly, I'll let you share what your social media handles are. If they may differ from platform to platform, um, that way someone who doesn't use email, but just want to shoot you a message in your DM or something like that, they may be able to find you online as well. Yes. All of my handles are being a wordsmith, B as in boy, E-I-N-G, a wordsmith. Um, That's my handle on Instagram. Um, My Facebook fan page is also being a wordsmith as well as Pinterest and Twitter. Awesome. 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 So what is next for you? You have an amazing book out. And again, everyone, the the title of the book is called Acting on Her Behalf. It's available, um, as Kimberly said, on Amazon. Um, You can probably get a signed copy from her if you send her uh, an email or inquiry on her website, being a wordsmith, but make sure you go out and pick up Acting on Her Behalf as well. So what is next? Since you have this amazing book, what can the world expect from from you to come? I am working on a second book. It is another murder mystery and the characters are set in Louisiana. And um, I'm really excited about the book because again, I'm writing about what I know. And a lot of what occurs in the book is based on things that I experienced as a child, as well as my mother and my grandmother. So I'm going to be dedicating the book to them. I'm really excited about that. And um, it is a standalone murder mystery. It's not a sequel to the first one. So that was something I went back and forth on as to whether or not I would do a sequel for the first one. But this is another uh, murder mystery with characters different from the first Okay. Okay. Awesome. 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 So I feel like we learned so much just from sharing space with you this evening. I want to thank you again for taking time just to pour into others and share um, all of the industry knowledge that you have from starting in theater to becoming a published author as well. Are there any sentiments that you can share with someone who may be second guessing getting started or or just questioning if they're talented enough to even be published or share their work with the world? I would say it's never too late for you to write a book, start a business, anything similar to that. When I published the book, I had just turned uh, 40 years old. So you can definitely do it at any age. And I would encourage you to figure out what your audience is also, not just who you want to write for or reach with your content, but 
who you're, who is it that's already probably reading what you're doing? If you have some existing work out there, mm-hmm. uh, don't concentrate so much on who you want to reach. Don't forget about the people that you're already probably reaching um, because they're important as well. And um, learn everything that you possibly can about the craft that you're working on because the information is out there, I promise you. And with the internet, you can find out just about anything (laughs) you wanna know about. And that's what I did. The blogging, all of it, it was self-taught. The HTML codes, all of those things that were very intimidating in the beginning, I learned how to do it because I just soaked up all the knowledge that was out there. And I watched what other people were doing. And I asked questions. If I wanted to know, I had no problem emailing someone and asking them, how did you do X, Y, Z? And you'd be very surprised at how willing people are to, you know, give you that information. And um, I host a link party on my website, being a wordsmith.com. It's called traffic jam weekend link party. And I do it on Thursdays at 5 PM central standard time. And basically it's just a link up for bloggers, writers, and authors to post whatever they'd like that links back to their site with an image. And I shared the HTML code with four other bloggers. So it would be seen on their site as well. And it runs from Thursdays, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time to Monday, 12 a.m. Central Standard Time. So it's a traffic jam weekend because we're trying to create traffic. Mm. Now that is brilliant. And it's a way kind of like giving back, you know, again, still pouring into others and giving them a platform to shine because your blog has a really serious following. So if anyone out there is looking for a platform just to reach a bigger and broader audience, make sure you find your way to beingawordsmith.com on Thursdays at 5 p.m. Central Time. Again, it has been a pleasure just sharing space with you and hearing your journey. And I'm sure everyone listening has benefited tremendously from listening in tonight. So Kimberly, I want to thank you and blessings on your journey to come. Thank you so much, April. I appreciate it.